I can officially start. So, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to uh, Sonic Comics Universe, where we're going to go through all the Sonic comic goodness from all the way from the Archie series all the way up to the uh, current IDW series. So, uh, as of course, I'm Mikey Shota. There's my Twitter handle over there, at Mikey Shota on Twitter. I'm also on Tumblr, MikeyShota.tumblr.com. I do a podcast called Anime Bay Bay, and there's that Twitter right there with my buddy Ryan, who's sitting in the... What is it? Fifth row right over there. So I uh, want to get things started off. Like I'm going to go through a brief little history on the uh, Archie comics. And then like I'm going to start off where I got into the uh, Archie comics. Cover some of the big major storylines and uh, some of the big happenings before moving into the IDW series. So like uh, the Archie comics started off in uh, 1993. It was supposed to be like a tie-in to the current uh, Deke cartoons that were running at the time. Like say Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog and uh, Sonic Sad AM. And around this time, they were more like, uh, they are kind of more very, like, single-issue stuff, where it was just, like, have one issue is just, like, a single adventure. There's no overarching uh, storyline going on. It, it was also kind of more akin to Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, where it was just very wacky, Looney Tunes-style stuff, even though it featured mostly the uh, Sad AM cast and uh, the version of Robotnik, which is, like, the very scary Robotnik from Sad AM, played by... You know the amazing Jim Cummings, but he was like more so like uh, Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, Robotnik. That would continue along for like uh, I would say around fifty issues or so, because and then eventually that's when they would start to like that's when they got the idea where they were like, hey, we can probably do more overarching story arcs with this series. You know, we can actually be like a real comic. You know, stuff like what DC or Marvel does with like overarching storylines. And then that leads to like one of their big first uh, major milestone issues where it was like called Endgame, where it, where it was like uh, leading up to, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, where it was like leading up to uh, the defeat of the original Robotnik by, at the hands of Sonic the Hedgehog. But uh, midway through that whole story arc, there was like a whole thing going on where like uh, people believe that Sonic killed uh, Princess Sally, but it turned out like, no, it was just like someone pretending to be Sonic wearing like a Sonic mask or something like that. But uh, luckily... Luckily, Sally didn't die. She stuck around because, she, she, you know, she's the greatest and she's popular enough. And, but uh, that issue would mark, like, the end of the original Robotnik, you know, Sad AM Robotnik. Like, he would be done after that. And the series would continue on for, like, at least 25 more issues until, like, the next milestone, which is uh, issue 75. Like, they would do milestones every 25 issues or so. And, like, in that, that's where they would introduce, like, uh, the Robotnik we know today, uh, Dr. Eggman, where it was, like... Like, as he was seen in uh, Sonic Adventure, which came out at the time. Who actually came from another universe, according to this series. Yeah, he was originally called a robo-robotnik, like a robotic version of Robotnik. But then he uh, put his, uh, you know, personality and consciousness into, like, a new body, which is the uh, classic Eggman body we come to know and love to this very day. And that was kind of, like, a weird thing, because... uh, for, like, the next, like, several issues or so, they would do this thing where, like, he was like, oh, I don't like this body. I'm, I'm a robot, but I'm in this human flesh body. I have to eat. I have to sleep. I have to do everything humans do. But it's just, like, it was just kind of weird. But after a while, they kind of dropped that because they want to make him more like Eggman from the video games. But then after that, they would, uh, leading up to their next big milestone issues after covering the whole uh, adventure saga, like, event, like uh, Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure 2 and all that, they would come to like a big, very, another one of their milestones, which is around 125, I believe, where it was like uh, Sonic gets sent 
flung into space like they believe he's dead but he's re really flung into space and uh that's where i would actually jump in near the end of that very arc where he came back to uh mobius which would lead me into uh, what was that? Must have been just after the meet of the manga stuff. It was in from 120 for so long. I loved that comic. Yeah. But uh, after, he, like right here at 130, this is where I would uh, jump in because I had a friend back in, uh, I would say this was around fifth grade for me, so around 2004, 2005 ish. A friend of mine, like we both bonded over the fact that we really loved uh, Sonic the Hedgehog the video games, and he was like, "Hey, have you read the comics?" And I'm just like, "No, I've I've never read any of these comics before." And he's like, and he loaned me a bunch of like uh, comics, specifically from the this arc where like after Sonic came back from his uh, year-long journey in space, he came back to Mobius and reunited it with everybody after they thought he was dead and like long gone. And it would go on to be like uh, this whole arc where he's like trying to, yeah. And, like, this whole arc where he was, like, going through, uh, he's fighting one of, uh, Eggman's, uh, like, some of his newest robots, like, uh, that were, like, treated as, like, his children. He had, like, this one, uh, female robot even called, Adam. yeah, even Adam. And Adam was, like, this, uh, AI that, uh... Started off as a virus, actually. Yeah, a virus, yeah. That, uh, I remember specifically in this arc that, uh, Tails, like, the way he tried to, uh, tried to take care of Adam is that, like, he tried to, like, do, like, riddles and stuff like that and try to, like, you know, break his logic, so to say. Mm -hmm. But Adam became way too smart for that. Yeah, he definitely did, but uh, I do remember the one part at the end of this arc where he was just, like, uh, you know, Eggman's going, like, Adam, why the, why the heck did you uh, let Tails defeat you? And he's just like, hey, he stumped me with these riddles, and it was kind of fun and all that stuff. That was Adam plotting the downfall of Eggman. Yeah. But uh, before we get into, like, that whole thing with Adam is, like, uh, after that, we had this big uh, epilogue to this uh, home arc, which is, of course, the, uh, this issue right here, this infamous issue, where it uh, basically, uh, it basically ends with, like, uh, you know, leading up to this is the whole thing where, like, Sonic and Sally, they're, like, a couple. It's, like, stemming from, like, the end of Sonic Saturday AM, where, like, they kissed and everything, and they became a couple. But uh, after this, it was just, like, you know, Sally's just, like, Sonic, I don't want you to, like fight any more robots. I want you to be here with me. I'm, I'm sick and tired of you just, like, almost dying, but right before my eyes, and Sonic's just all like, no, I can't do this. I have to... I am the hero of Mobius. I have to go save everybody and from uh, the tyranny of Dr. Eggman. Which leads into one of the more infamous moments in the comic series up to this point, where we have this... this slap right here. Where... and it eventually leads to, like, Sonic and Sally breaking up. Which is probably like, like I remember reading this. I'm just like, this is this is awful. Like, why, why the hell did they do this? And I just be a little more understanding of each other. Yeah, you would think, but no. But apparently, Sally they made set they really ruined Sally at this point here because. Yep. One good reason for this. Yeah. Amy. Okay. Yeah. All of the fans from the games mm -hmm. uh, who did not agree with this. Mm -hmm. Okay, you bring that up, and I kind of remember that. That was the plan at this point. They were the plan at this point was to break up Sonic and Sally, and then set up Sonic with Amy. But uh, for some reason or another, that that the whole, those whole plans never came through. Like they never went, they never went all in on uh, Sonic and Amy getting together, which is kind of disappointing. Because admittedly, I'm kind of a I'm kind of a Sonic and Amy kind of guy. But yeah, I would have. But no, you have to have him kiss like a human human princess and whatnot. But here's just like, uh, 
Yeah, you just, like, break up Sonic and Sally. And also another thing about this comment that kind of irks me is the fact that uh, I'm not really too big of a fan with this, like, art style. This is done by an artist by the name of uh, Jonathan Gray, who is still doing uh, art for the Sonic comics to this very day. And uh, funny enough, this was actually his first thing that he ever did for Sonic comics. Like, can, can you imagine, like, you're brought in, like, saying, like, oh, man, like, Sonic comics, they want me to, like, do art for this. And the first thing you do is, like, write the issue where Sonic and Sally broke up. And you have to draw this, this moment right here where Sally slaps Sonic right in the face. Is the sun going supernova behind them? <laughs> no, that's, like, going, that goes to show, like, the impact of the slap. Yeah. It's like a sonic boom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like the it's just like total tonal whiplash because like throughout this entire uh, comic you have like this very like chibiish art style, but then all of a sudden you have like this really serious moment. And like one can argue that like, oh, they did that whole chibi art style to like kind of uh, you know, let your guard down. You don't know what's gonna happen. But the thing is, like right before this this was the cover of that comic, this parody of uh, Spider-Man No More right here. Like, you already know that Sonic and Sally are going to break up in this comic. So it's like, wait, what are you trying to hide? And also, like, the weird thing is, they kind of just... And like, like I said, they kind of ruin Sally after this, because they make her, like, really selfish in, like, how she just doesn't want to have... She and Sonic are just, like, really on bad terms, and it's just kind of ruined her, which is very sad, because Sally's, like, honestly one of my favorite characters throughout this entire... Like a kingdom to protect or something? Yeah, she's the princess. Yeah, like the big thing about this is that like the what led this up is that uh, Sally's parents, the king and queen of uh, Knothole, are like going on like a big tour all across Mobius to kind of like rally the troops, so to say, against uh, Doctor Eggman, and so she has to rule in their place. And she's like, Sonic, stay with me. I don't want you to fight. I don't want you to fight anymore. And Sonic's like, No, I can't. I have to fight on the lines. I mean, I'm only Sonic the Hedgehog, for God's sake. But, uh, yeah, that was, like, th this whole, like, whole arc is, like, my first in introduction to the Sonic comics, and I'm kind of surprised that I stuck around with it after this. But uh, that's not the only, like, crazy arc that would uh, happen during this whole, uh, this whole era, because uh, one of the big arcs after this is the one involving uh, my boy Knuckles. We're, like, uh, so, little backstory here is that uh, before Sonic's big trip into space around issue 125, uh, Knuckles actually died. He was actually killed. <laughs> but uh, no, luckily enough, he came back to life, but, and, everything, and everything was all fine and hunky-dory. Was yeah. this the Hyper Knuckles arc where he was green? Yeah, yeah, he was green because he was infused with the, uh, the energy from the Master Emerald. Yeah, it would be a little bit of an exaggeration. He was sent to the Chaos Realm. Yeah. But, uh, but like, still, pretty much, he was, pretty like, much. all intents and purposes, he was dead and not conscious in regular Mobius. He was, but, like, a kid predominantly given towards, like, kids, too. So yeah, this were, these were kids' comics. Get, like, too dark, I guess. Yeah, these were kids' comics produced by the people who do, who do, like, the Archie comics and stuff like that. But uh, this would lead into, like, another arc where it was, like, Sonic and uh, Team Chaotix, along with Knuckles, were sent to Angel Island to uh, protect all the Echidna race from uh, Dr. Eggman. And uh, once Knuckles got to uh, Angel Island, he was, uh, he was greeted by the rest of the Echidnas as, like, uh, right here, the Avatar, the one who would uh, die and come back to life and uh, save us all from all the tyranny and everything like that. And basically, in this arc, 
the Echidna tribes here on Angel Island basically treat Knuckles as Jesus. Is this literally <laughs> Knuckles becoming Jesus? Yeah, but it's just like, this is Sonic. Why the hell are you making Knuckles Jesus? And like, and they don't even like beat around the bush about it. They have like a thing where it's like an ancient prophecy where it's just like, you know, a champion will bypass the afterlife, return hence to deliver the world from its suffering, you know, atone for the world's sins, so to say. And it's just so weird. And like, even this, you get like this uh, panel right here where, uh, close up on this image right here, you have basically like a Bible verse on a sign right over here. <laughs> Like, it's, it's mostly a Bible verse, but at the same time, it's also, like, a reference to, like, you know, Sonic 3 and Knuckles and uh, 10 18, 94 is the date the game came out. So it's, like, a double reference, but still, at the same time, it's, like, you know, praise be to Knuckles, the, the savior of the Echidna race. God, I had this comic, and I don't remember it. You had this comic? No, yeah, I had it once before, actually, I think. Oh, my God. It's one of only, like, four or five comics I ever owned. Oh, my God. <laughs> You know, funnily enough, this whole arc is like uh, the first issue of this arc. This is a four-part uh, arc, and uh, I remember when uh, the company Jazzwares, when they were doing, they were releasing the action figures for the Sonic series. Uh, they did like a bundle package where it was like uh, Knuckles and I believe either Vector or SBO action figures, and they bundled those two action figures with the first issue of this arc. So it's just like, hey, have some Knuckles, uh, Knuckles and Vector action figures combined with the issue where Knuckles is Jesus. <laughs> just. <laughs> I just and again with this like this the same art style like you know Jonathan Gray he's not a bad artist like this art isn't bad on its own but the fact that like the first two things he did for Archie Comics is the fact is Sonic and Sally breaking up and Knuckles being the Lord and Savior of Angel Island so to say he deserved better he does he definitely deserved better and luckily like with the current series he's getting a lot better but it's just like even he's gone on record saying like the worst thing he's ever done was the. Uh, Sonic and Sally break up. Like, he hated the fact that he did that. <laughs> but uh, I believe this would be, like, a good transition into, like, the person behind all these uh, story arcs around this time when I got in. One, Mr. Ken Penders. <laughs> so this guy, he was the, uh, originally before coming into Sonic, he kind of had, like, a history with doing stuff with, like, say, Disney Adventure and DC and Marvel and kind of stuff like that. But then he came into Sonic and he kind of, like, infused it with, like, his own writing style, which is just basically, basically he kind of, like, took Sonic, but he took himself way, way too seriously, like, even more seriously than, uh, the folks who wrote, uh, Sonic 06. Just like, like he tried to add like a bunch of crazy lore and uh, all a bunch of stuff like that. He made Sonic like a very like serious character. He wasn't he wasn't really fun like we like what we come to know and love. And uh, <clears throat> and uh, one of the notable things that he did is that like uh, the whole Echidna thing, like where he had like a bunch of different Echidnas through like Knuckles and everything like that. Uh, that was all him. And originally. Originally, that was supposed to be for Sonic, so all the stuff that happened to Knuckles during his tenure with the comics, with, like, you know, all these different echidnas, Knuckles being Jesus, and all, like, uh, different uh, Dark Legion echidna tribes and all that, that was originally supposed to be Sonic, but Sega was like, no, we don't want any of that. But, uh, so, like, they, yeah, so, like, they put the kibosh on that, but uh, they didn't say, hey, you can, couldn't do it for Knuckles, and so that's why you have all these different echidnas and crap like that.
but uh, a lot of the but uh, a lot of the stuff that uh, happened with his uh, tenure during the comics is that uh, what like I said he took himself too seriously and another thing with like uh, his time during the comics is that he had a very distinct art style as you can see right here you know God. you know kind of making things very you know very very much he, he kind of has a thing for like a lot of the women characters in the Sonic series you know Oh yeah that's uh this is during the this is from the Mobius 25 years later arc where it was just like the future arc where Sonic and Sally got married and uh, they had two kids so the other Sonic with the uh with like the one less tooth that's his that's his that's his son yeah, his son named... He, they had uh, Sonic and Sally, and 25 years later, they had two kids, uh, Sonya and Manic, named after uh, Sonic siblings from uh, the much-loved Sonic Underground series. I remember like reading this and being like so confused. I, I was the same... I was confused mentally and sexually. Yes, I was the same thing. Like I, like, uh, like I said, I had a friend who loaned me these comics in like uh, fifth grade in elementary school, and I would read them during like uh, free reading time during class, and I was like kind of embarrassed at the fact that I was reading this because you would see stuff like this and all this weirdly sexy, curvaceous art style. And like even this, where you have like Knuckles' girlfriend, Julie Sue, like in a towel, like what the, what the hell is this? Well, it's weird too, because like, it doesn't show like a whole lot, but like just the way he draws like the musculature and like yeah. the on the body to like show like it kind of glisten, glistening a little bit. It's not expressly sexual, but like you feel dirty. It's the, a little it's, bit. It's the implication. It's kind of like... A little bit of that. It's kind of like, uh, to look to take it to like uh, modern terms, it's like uh, Hiromashima, the guy who does fairy tale. He does kind of the same thing where he makes like the men overly muscular and the women overly sexy. It's kind of like Ken Penders did that before Hiromashima did that with fairy tale. And it's not just it's not just Penders here, like with this arc in particular. It's also another artist by the by the name of uh, Steve Butler. Like apparently, I would. I don't really know what it is. It's either like Ken telling him to do this or Ken saying like, hey. Go nuts, make everyone look really weird, almost looking like something you would see on DeviantArt back in the mid-aughts. I remember seeing just like an image of him just like, uh, just drawing like knuckles normally as he just looks in like everywhere and stuff. And he drew him with such weird musculature and, and even kind of gave him a little bit of a bulge. Yeah, he kind of, he gives a lot of the guys a kind of a bulge. Where there's like nothing. And I'm all like, what is this? This also kind of reminds me, uh, I don't have a picture of it, but uh, during around his time, there would be, like, uh, one-shot uh, comics where it was focusing on, like, other characters. Like, he would ha Knuckles would have his own comic, and at one point, uh, Sally would have her own comic. And uh, during Sally's comic, uh, there was, like, this one whole thing where she, like, uh, she had to, like, see visions of, like, the past and whatnot. But to do so, she had to, like, get naked and get into, like, a bathtub and then see, like, all the weird visions and stuff. And it was just... Really, really weird and awkward to read. <laughs> like you, you kind of think that like he has a thing for this, and you know, you know, not to king shame Ken Penders. Like if he has a thing, like he can have a thing, but it's just like you might as well have to admit it at this point. Don't beat around the bush. Just admit you have like a thing for this sort of thing. <laughs> but uh, this whole thing with like uh, Mobius twenty five years later kind of leads into the whole like. You know, he would, like, lose his job at around uh, issue 159. That was his last issue before he would be replaced. But uh, since then, he was he's kind of trying to revive this whole story arc, that being the whole Lara Sue Chronicles <laughs> thing. <laughs> like, look at this. This is what he's trying to make post being done with Sonic. 
Good lord. This honestly, this honestly looks like one of those like memes you see online where like the caption would be uh, "Graphic design is my passion." <laughs> like, can you like look at this? Like, look, look, even like fucking cool. everything over here. No, like, oh, he even has like a thing about this whole thing where like uh, they're not echidnas; they're called echidnias. They're an alien species. <laughs> Like, he, would, he goes this on Twitter, saying all this kind of crazy bullcrap. He's professional, and he's just making, like, the most amateurish, amateurish fanfiction shit. Well, the thing is, he's delusional. He thinks what he's doing is, like, you know, perfect, pure art. And it doesn't go, and it doesn't, uh, like, start with, like, his, this terrible comic. It's also, like, with any other thing, because, like, you know, the thing with Ken Penders is, like, the biggest thing is, like, he had a big lawsuit where, like... You know, he wanted like to claim ownership of a, of a bunch of like different characters and stuff like that, and in he would eventually win that lawsuit. And after that, that's why he would make like this Larissa Chronicles thing based on movies twenty five years later. But uh, that's not the only delusional thing about that, because like ever since then, he's just been kind of like he's been kind of almost paranoid about the fact that people seem to be ripping him off. Like it doesn't end there. There's also like uh, apparently with uh, the new Avengers film being called Endgame. He believes that, like, the title of the film is ripping off uh, the Archie Endgame uh, saga back when, around issue 50. <laughs> like, how paranoid do you have to be to think that Marvel knows who you are, what you've written, and, like, they want to rip you off? And it's not just that. There's also the, uh, you know, the, the live-action Sonic film. <laughs> You know, it certainly looks like Zero and Sonic would make for a badass team. Wonder if the film production designer was taking cues from my Lara Sue design, because you know I'm such a great artist and all. Everyone wants to rip me off. <laughs> Just like, no, no, Ken. No one wants to rip you off. You're an absolute idiot. Giving himself way too much credit. He does give himself way too much credit. And, like, uh, not just that, but also he, like, has a problem with, like, uh, the current stuff ever since, like, he lost his job and uh, the current IDW stuff where, like, he thinks that, like, oh, it's garbage and stuff like that and how, like, uh, how, like, he could do so much better artwork. And I saw this, uh, I saw this exchange on Twitter where it was just, like, uh, he was given out about, like, some of the newer uh, comic designs and then someone came up to him and, on Twitter and said, like, hey, here's, like, a commission you did at, like, Comic-Con. And which is like looking exactly like this artwork from the Sonic Chronicles right over here. <laughs> which is the very same game he sued Sega for because, uh, you know, in Sonic Chronicles, it was all like the main plot point is like Knuckles meets like an ancient Echidna tribe. And he's just all like, oh my god, this Echidna tribe is just like my Echidna tribe. Therefore, they're plagiarizing me. <laughs> he really wants that Echidna tribe to be his magamobus. He wants to get that over and just like no one. <laughs> It, it is not over again. No one is, like, buying into that crap. And it's not just that with, like, him being a bad artist. There's also stuff where, like, he traces. He's a known tracer. <laughs> and uh, another thing I found out about uh, Ken Penders recently is that uh, apparently ever since he started the comics, you know, like, uh, the comics were based on the uh, the Deke cartoon, Sonic City M and Adventures, and... Uh, and apparently he's gone on record saying that, like, uh, oh, because I'm doing the comics now, I'm kind of carrying the torch passed on to me by the uh, original creator of Sad AM, Ben Hurst. Ben Hurst has, like, entrusted me with Sonic the Hedgehog now that Sad AM is done. 
And uh, since hearing that, Ben Hurst has gone record saying, and I quote, just for the record, Ken has often said, paraphrasing here, that Ben Hurst says the torch has been passed on to me for Sonic the Hedgehog, usually expressed in a way to make it appear that I passed the torch on to him. Not true. I was just trying to be nice. What I said was that since, since the comic was ongoing and the animated series was over, the torch has been passed by default to him. I was just trying to prevent a flurry of inquiries from fans pitting his opinion against mine on how Sonic Universe should be sculpted after Sadie M ended. The way he has expressed in the past seems to convey the impression that he has my approval of his work. He doesn't. I haven't read a single comic. <laughs> Basically, Ben Hurst being a big F you to him. Torch by default. By default, because like who else, like what other Sonic comics are there? I mean, like there's the UK Sonic comic, but who who reads that? <laughs> and also just like another instance of like why Ken Penders isn't great is uh apparently he's like had apparently at one point before like this whole live action Sonic uh movie thing came within this past year, he apparently pitched an idea for his own live action Sonic movie, and I found this just the other day. Apparently, and this is this is like his supposed a supposed production company, Floating Island Productions. That there is legal for a lawsuit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, basically. And I apologize for the quality. This is the highest quality I can find this video at. This is 240p. Yeah, exactly. Sonic Armageddon. I guess. Storyboarding, yeah. Yeah, the storyboards. Chuck! That's supposed to be Sonic's voice, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, do you think like he looked at Sonic Riders after this and thought like, oh man, Sonic Riders is ripping me off now? <laughs> <laughs> like he would be that paranoid. And also just another thing, like another reason why Ken Penders isn't great, he also did this. <laughs> just, if you know about Sonic Live, then you really know like 
you kind of know it all. Like, this is basically this well, is. Given what we know, did he trace his kids and then just draw some? Oh man, I, that would be great if he like traced his kids because he's he's a known tracer. <laughs> Sounds like his move. <laughs> but uh, soon after that, he would uh, eventually get fired from the comics because uh, at the time he was also kind of feuding with like another uh, artist by the name of Kara Bowlers, who's also writing the main series comics. Like they would butt heads, and apparently. Like, uh, I kind of have a theory that, like, that's the reason why Sonic and Sally broke up, because at the time, Ken Penders was doing the Mobius 25 Years Later story arc where, you know, Sonic and Sally are married in the future, and he wanted to make that the canon future, but, uh, you know, Carl Bowlers was doing the main series, and he was just like, oh, 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 you're fucking not. I'm going to break them up. You try to make that the canon future now, motherfucker. <laughs> so eventually that would all, like, end, and uh, they would both get let go. And eventually, this would usher in the new era of one Mr. Ian Flynn, starting with uh, issue 160. And also, he would bring in another artist by the name of uh, Tracy Yardley to do, like, a lot of the Sonic art. And by that point, the series would, like, be much improved, like, also with writing and also with uh, the artwork. Because the artwork would kind of look more, like, as you would see in the video games. And the writing is, like, a lot more fun and a lot more snarky and a lot more... It feels like a lot more Sonic, whereas, like, Ken Penders was, like, trying to be more serious and stuff with that. And it just didn't really work with Sonic, because, I mean, come on. It's a hedgehog that goes fast. How hard can it be? <laughs> but, uh, and uh, one thing about uh, Ian Flynn is that uh, in his first year with the comics is, is that uh, after taking over for Ken Penders is that he had to pretty much spend the first year of his tenure trying to fix all the crap Penders left him with. Because, like, at this time, there was a storyline going on where it was implied that the original Robotnik was going to be coming back. You know, he had, like, uh, stuff where it was just like, oh, this silhouetted figure kind of uh, undermining Dr. Eggman. Who could it be? And it kind of looks like uh, classic uh, Jim Cummings Robotnik. But they, like, did a 180 on that and tried to change it to be like, no, it's just uh, Eggman's son, uh, Adam, trying to uh, undermine him. And then after that, they would Adam as well as, like, uh, Sister... Uh, Eve would like eventually be be destroyed and like that would be the end of them and then uh, this whole uh, first year of like fixing Ken Pender's mess would end with uh, Bunny and Antoine getting married like that's basically like the end end result of like uh, Ian Flynn fixing up what Ken Pender's did I agree with everything then because those two make such a great they did, like, uh, I remember reading, like, that home arc, and they were, like, saying, like, oh, no, they broke up, and I was just like, what, how did it, how did they break up, they were such a great couple, especially in the, co in the cartoon, but, uh, they would explain that, that, uh, they didn't technically break up, it was more like, uh, Antoine got swapped out with, like, his evil, ultimate Mobius version of himself, named Patch. Oh, this was the introduction of those. Yeah, that would be the introduction to, like, the... And Scourge. Yep, which, uh, brings us to, uh... <laughs> Mr. Scourge right here. Green Sonic over here. He started off blue, by the way. Yep, he started off blue, and the way he got green is that he would uh, be infused. Yep, absorb Master Animal Power, and then he would change his name to Scourge to, like, differentiate himself with uh, Sonic. He hated being called Evil Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> and just, like, look, look at this badass over here with, like, his sunglasses on his forehead and his leather jacket. <laughs> like, going as far as to steal Sonic's girlfriend, Fiona Fox, at the time. But uh, before we get into, like, more uh, Scourge stuff, I want to talk about, like, uh, one of the big major uh, story arcs at the time, which was, like, issue 175, which started the whole, which is, like, that milestone, where Eggman actually finally won a battle. I just picked this one up. Oh, you did? Yes. 
Oh, it's a really good one. Like this whole thing starts off with like, you know, Snively coming in and be and like supposedly vaporizing everyone, but it's just like, no, I'm just uh, teleporting them to this thing called the Egg Grapes, which is like, we're gonna like suck out all their life energy to power up the Eggman Empire. And not only do they do that, but apparently, but also uh, Dr. Eggman would completely annihilate Knothole. Like this is a, like I remember first reading this and going like, holy crap, this is, this is nuts. This reminded me a lot of Sonic the Hedgehog 2, that first level, you have everything is on fucking fire. Yeah, the, the whole city's on fire. But uh, that would, uh, apparently the thing with this whole uh, story arc right here, apparently it was going to like last more than one issue because Ian Flynn wanted it to like last until the next milestone. You know, Sonic is defeated, Eggman has won, and like the victory is supposed to last forever. But due to a mandate by Sega, they had to like have Eggman win by the next issue, which was that little uh, pre-show ditty that I played you earlier where like, Sonic got everyone back, and then in the next issue, they would, you know, start a new life in a new Mobotropolis and everything like that. But uh, then after that, we get into, like, the more Scourge stuff. Like, he would come back, and we would bring, like, in the rest of the evil uh, anti-Mobius uh, squad called the Suppression Squad. And also, he would rename anti-Mobius into just Mobius, but spelled M-O-E, and then the rest of B-I-U-S. <laughs> And he would, like, proclaim himself king. Like, he took over, like, anti-Mobius, but, uh... And then we'd also see, like, uh, Sonic and... S Sonic and Amy would go into, like, uh, anti-Mobius to try to figure out, like, how can we stop him? And there they would meet the anti-Amy, which is uh, Rosie the Rascal over here, who is basically just a psychotic version of Amy. Because, <laughs> uh... And the way they explain this is that, uh... In the original comics, like, to explain how Amy have her, had her uh, new design, you know, how she looked in uh, Adventure is uh, she made a wish on Sonic's the billionth ring that he collected, and she would make herself into, like, looking the way that is. So in the um, end... Yeah. In the comics, it was called, I believe, the Ring of Acorns? Yeah. Yeah, it was a church that they guarded forever. And actually, that's how she got the Pico Pico Hammer. Mm-hmm. Which is also why it's magic, and she can just pull it out of nowhere. Yeah, it just kind of, like, pops out <laughs> in her hands. She wished that she was old enough to fight with the Freedom Fighters. Yeah. So for the anti-version of Amy, Rosie the Rascal here, they, like, explain that how, like, when she made the wish on the ring, it uh, broke her brain and turned, into, turned her into, a, like, a psychotic lunatic fringe over here. Which would then lead into, like, uh, the Suppression Squad kind of, like, leading a rebellion against Scourge here because they hate him as much as, like, the Freedom Fighters do. And then which would lead into the introduction of Silver the Hedgehog during around this whole arc, because that was, like, the big thing around this whole story arc. <clears throat> and then after that we would have like the the hedgehog havoc uh uh two-parter where it was like uh, all the different hedgehogs throughout the sonic comics like fighting and having like this big battle royale but just basically basically meant to like take down scourge and this would like eventually uh lead up into like one of the bigger moments of this whole story arc scourge attaining his uh, super form using the uh, anti-mobius version of chaos emeralds called anarchy, anarchy barrel which is like this yeah anarchy barrel which is like uh the thing is like the difference between that and chaos emeralds is that you know with chaos emeralds there's only seven of them you have like a limited amount but with anarchy barrel there's like a crap ton of all of them so yeah to be fair Way more than just seven in the beginning. Yeah, like, uh, that's another thing that, uh... It wasn't until Sonic traveled to that... The special zone in May... What's... What do they call it? Feast? Feast, yeah. And 
least as a god who decided, I'm going to confine all the emeralds into the seven super emeralds that you have. Yeah. Yeah, that's another thing that uh, Ian Flynn did during, like, the beginning of his tenure is that he explained how there would be only seven Chaos Emeralds because all the Chaos Emeralds were, like, from different parts of, like, the world, from Mobius, from different planets, and uh, that was also during the uh, final arc of Adam where he would, like, bring in all these Emeralds and then they would merge them all into, like, each of their individual Emeralds. And then that was the whole thing where it was, like, uh, Tails and Shadow would be, like, we need to uh, lock up these emeralds into like the special zone, and that's like how it relates to the uh, special zone from the uh, the Sonic games. But here they like, uh, but yeah, here we have like a scourge attaining a super form. But eventually, Sonic would defeat him like in a very clever way, where it was just like he tricks Scourge into like reverting back to his normal form and being the opposite Mobius is like. You know, when Sonic uh, is done being supersonic, he still gets, like, a burst of energy. But when Scourge, but being the opposite Mobius, when Scourge is done being super Scourge over here, he is completely drained of all his energy, so that's him being done. And that would eventually be, like, the end of Scourge in the comics. Like, he would have his own arc in the Sonic Universe side story, but uh, that really didn't amount to anything. All it really amounted to him is just breaking out of jail after Sonic locked him up. But uh, after this, we would get uh, issue 200, which is like the next big milestone. And the big thing about this is that Sonic would have like one big uh, conversation with Dr. Eggman, which uh, cum uh, culminated in Sonic breaking Eggman. Like he beat him so bad and all the losses like piled up on Dr. Eggman that he just couldn't take anymore. And his, just, his just mind just snapped like that. And I remember first reading this going like, oh man, this is, this is, this is pretty heavy. Yeah, and but uh, and so like Eggman would be like kind of in solitary confinement after this, just to kind of recover. So meanwhile, like uh, during this whole thing, like he kind of had side stories where it's like Snively is is uh, Snively, Snively from. And the Iron yep, which the yep the uh, the debut of the Iron the Iron Legion the Iron Dominion Whoa. with the Iron Queen over here. Like, they had kind of, like, a side relationship going on, which would, like, then lead into 200, where they would, like, immediately take over and become the villains for, like, at least the next years with the comics. And around, like, uh, issue 211, that would be, like, the end of them, because uh, leading up to this, it was all, like, uh, you know, Sonic, Sally, Tails, and uh, Monkey Con, another character. They would go, like, all over the world trying to, like, find, like, different houses that the Iron Queen has, like, hold that lords over and trying to, like, get them to, like, not support her anymore, and eventually they would, like, come back and eventually stop the Iron Queen that way. Which was, like, a, this was still a pretty good arc. Like, I really like this, how, like, a new villain taken over it, but, uh, but, you know, it would, only, it would only last about a year, but it was still a very fun year, and eventually Dr. Eggman would come back. I do like how they brought him back, though. Yeah, that was still good. And another thing going on during this whole story arc is that, uh, you know, since Son Sonic and Sally are broken up, Sally's kind of trying to find, like, a new person in her life, that being uh, Mon Monkey Khan. And they actually kind of, they do kiss right here. They kind of, like, both, like, mutually, they both mutually like each other, but kind of Sally is just, like, you know, I like you, but I can't be with you because she kind of, like, she still kind of harbors feelings for Sonic at this point. Mm -hmm. and, and this is kind of, like, one of the good things that uh, during Ian Flynn's run is that he's trying to, like, rehab, you know, the whole relationship between Sonic and Sally and trying to build it up back together again. It's so beautifully. Yeah. <laughs> Deal breakers, then he just doesn't wear shoes. Probably. Probably. But uh, after this, this would lead into Eggman's big comeback, which is... 
Oh, uh, I should probably mention that uh, during this time, we would also get in the introduction to uh, Cream the Rabbit, who is now officially a member of the characters because, like, there was kind of there was kind of like a weird like legal thing where it was just like she couldn't appear in the Archie series because she was simultaneously appearing in the Sonic X comic series, so they didn't want to cross over universes at the time. But uh, she would eventually come in and then like be another main character, which is great because Cream's cool. But during this time, it would lead into Eggman's big return where he would bring in the Death Egg. Which would lead... Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, would, this would lead into uh, Sonic 225, which is like this big, cool, super huge issue. Like, I remember when I first bought this, like, they had a big, uh, you know, two-sided cover where it, was, it would explain everything that happened between issue 200 and issue 225. You know, you have, like, Eggman having a mental breakdown, the Iron Dominion. You have, like, Eggman coming back. You also had Ixus Nagus coming in and becoming King of Knothole. And then eventually, yeah, and then eventually you have the Death Egg coming in. And the big, and, uh, the big major thing is, like, finally... Oh, yeah, Nicole also was getting physical form by this one, too. Yep, Nicole had a physical form by the time uh, 176, and she would, like, attain that physical form for pretty much the rest of the run. And also a big thing during this whole uh, series is that finally Sonic and Sally got back together. Almost nearly 100 issues later, they would finally get back together. But uh, it eventually would be short-lived because after this, you would have uh, this moment right here where Sally runs into a Gatling gun aboard the Death Egg. And, and presumably meet her end, but before that would happen, we would, have, we would transition into the whole uh, Sonic Gen- Genesis story arc, which is just basically like commemoration of the 20th anniversary of Sonic. And, like the fir- and it was like a four-issue arc where it was just basically Sonic going through like the original games, Sonic 1, Sonic 2, Sonic 3, Knuckles, and all that. And then eventually it would like lead back into uh, <clears throat> eventually lead back into Sonic fixing the universe, you know, ending this uh, Genesis wave, so to say, and then coming back and everything like that. But uh, during this, like after they came back from the Genesis arc, like we still had to have Sally make like a big ultimate sacrifice by like reverting because the, uh, the thing with the Death Egg is that uh, it had a cannon like pointed towards Mobius and was going to like roboticize all of Mobius. Yeah. Number two. Mm-hmm. So, like, the way to do this is that Sally... Ha- Actually. Yeah. You want to jump in on here? Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to point out here that the whole point of the Genesis wave was to reverse what the Ben had done previously. Ah, yeah. Because the Ben made it so none of the Mobians could be roboticized anymore. Mm-hmm. So Eggman made the Genesis wave to rewrite the world again. Yeah. So once it gets back here, the Ben had not done their thing. Mm-hmm. And now the world of roboticizer can work again. Okay. And then, like, uh, after this right here, you know, to stop, like, the big roboticizer, Sally had to have Nicole, like, reverse the roboticizer. But that would reverse to that, point. <laughs> to that point where she is right now, which would lead into this moment where we would see the debut of Mecha Sally. Which was honestly, like, a real... This was honestly, like, a really cool moment. I was just like, holy crap, how... How is this going to happen, right? What's going to happen now? I think my favorite thing about this whole thing was Eggman kept calling her Mecha Sally. He's like, you gotta come up with a better name. Yeah. Every time. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, uh, unfortunately for me, is like, this would be, like, honestly, the last of the Archie comics I would actually purchase. Because for some reason or another, I kind of fell out of it at this point. Probably mostly due to the fact that the store I brought them from, which is, like, a little you know, pharmacy drugstore, they had, like, comics on display, and apparently they just kind of stopped carrying them after a while, so 
I never really saw like uh, the rest of this arc for like a long time. And uh, this whole thing with Mega Sally would last a while until the eventual. Uh, until Silver finally stepped back in and stopped it. Yeah, like uh, she was like about to kill Sonic and everybody, but then Silver came in and froze her, and then this eventually leads into 247, which would be the final issue of this current continuity because at this point uh ken penders would come back into the uh, picture again and start a lawsuit against archie comics and i kind of have a little thing about that hold on let me pull it up here got a little he's just the gift that won't stop yeah so i got a little video here that basically explains the whole ken penders uh lawsuit from uh right here from linkara's uh linkara from atop the fourth wall explaining this whole thing the gist of it is that Archie's original contracts with their creators were lost, and they apparently didn't have certain provisions in them. That would mean that characters created for the comic would revert to Sega's ownership, since this kind of work on a licensed book is usually a work-for-hire contract. Much like how people can write stories for Superman, but they don't own Superman just because they wrote the story or introduced new characters in it. Ken Penders filed a copyright claim on several characters he created for the book, claiming ownership of them and meaning that Archie had to pay him for their use and couldn't reprint them without his permission. Now, the situation was apparently being so badly handled by Archie's lawyers that they actually fired their entire legal team and got yeah. a new one. I can't say for certain if that's the case since I wasn't there, but apparently during one attempt at settlement in 2013, the judge began the meeting by saying, so this looks like a fine mess. No, this has been sifted through already. This is a great big galloping ten car pile up of a mess. The bottom line after all of this is that Archie still needs to ask Tender's permission to use his characters, which he has spun off into his own book. And in fact, a crossover between Sonic and Mega Man in the comics pulled a reboot and essentially rewrote 20 years worth of storyline in order to excise everything Ken Penders had created in the book. It doesn't matter if you're DC, Marvel, or somebody else. In comics, retcons are the name of the game. Yeah, so... <laughs> that was the reason behind that. Yeah, that was the reason behind the whole reboot thing. Yeah, like, uh, you know, after this whole Mega Man thing, which, like, you know, I couldn't really keep up with it because it was, like, a storyline across two different series. But uh, after that, that led to the whole uh, Super Genesis Wave, which is, like, a bigger version of, like, the Genesis Wave from uh, 225. And that would completely reset the universe over here in, uh, in this issue here, which, like, completely, like, reset everything. And then now we... It was Eggman coming back and somehow being bigger than it was when he left. Yeah. And then we would have eventually, like, new versions of, like, the, uh, the Mobius Freedom Fighters. Like, at this point, uh, Rotor is now finally back into, like, the, the front lines because uh, around issue 175, he, would, he was completely, uh, he had, like, a back injury, which, like, caused him from, like, fighting a lot on the front lines. And then everyone else got to really got to different redesigns. And then also the addition of Big and Cream onto, like, the Freedom Fighter group. And then... And also, oh, another thing that's happened during this whole uh, reboot thing is they also explained how all the echidnas that were created were completely uh, deleted from the universe, where we have this uh, character over here, Thrash, the, uh, the bandicoot over here, where he basically uh, th captured all the echidnas and threw them into a warp ring and just basically just, they were all gone. That was it for all the echidnas. That must be the sort of Knuckles Energy. 
Yeah. But yeah, with this guy, it was it was like that's the end of all the echidnas. Like no more echidnas. That's how they're explained. Their kayfabe explained out of uh, out of existence before the reboot. <laughs> but yeah, bye bye. But also another good thing that happened during like this big reboot is that uh, Sally is finally uh, de-roboticized and she's back to normal right now. And I remember when I first uh, read this, I was just like, this is just a very happy moment right here. Sonic finally seeing Sally, you know, not roboticized and normal again. And another thing with Sally is that uh, they kind of uh, they kind of like made her even cooler because now she can fight on the front lines and she's got like these laser arm blades. She's kind of like uh, Wasabi from Big Hero Six. <laughs> But she's, she's, like, really cool right at this point right now. But uh, after this, this would eventually lead into, like, the big story arc for this reboot, which is essentially Sonic Unleashed, <laughs> where the whole world is completely, like, destroyed and everything, and, like, the, uh, the Freedom Fighters have to, like, uh, capture, have to, like, get the Chaos Emeralds and then go to, like, uh, different Gaia temples to, like, make sure the world is back together. And, of course, being uh, based on Sonic Unleashed, how can you have Sonic Unleashed without the introduction of the Werehog over here? Which, uh, Good reason for why you yeah, because he, yeah, he, in, he inhaled uh, dark, dark Guy energy like after he came back to the reboot. And, like, yeah, there was an earthquake, and he went to go save Uncle Chuck, and Uncle Chuck was studying this energy, yeah. and the thing broke, and the gas flew into his face. Yeah, makes a lot more sense in the video game, where it was just like Sonic got hit by a laser, and all of a sudden that turned him into a werehog. However, that game is a lot of fun. That game is really fun. Like, I don't care what anyone says, I love Sonic Unleashed. But also, and also, like, during this, we get to see, like, you know, how they handle the Werehog, where he's basically, he's kind of basically like the Hulk in this, where, like, when Sonic gets really angry and it and it's also nighttime, he, like, turns into the Werehog, and, like, basically, this is, like, how he sees the world, where he thinks, like, everyone's just kind of, like, against him and out to get him and everything like that. But eventually, he's, like, able to go control it, thanks to the, the help of this, like, wise sage who, like, kind of gets his emotions under control. And also during this like this whole arc, uh, we also get get to see the introduction to like some other uh, new characters like uh, Breezy here from uh, from like that one classic episode of Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> you know that one episode where it had like the the mor- the Sonic says moral at the end where Sonic says, "Hey kids, if someone tries to touch you, that's no good." Breezy <laughs> came back. They also introduced Honey. Yep, Honey the cat, the you know the cut character from Sonic the Fighters that eventually became a real character. Yeah, this this is really cool. This I really love like the whole deep cut references to like, Clat to Sonic the Fighters. Like you don't you don't see that happen too often. Oh yeah, they even brought back a robot too. Except he's not a tiny robot this time. No. <laughs> and also uh, during this time, we would see like uh, Chip from Sonic Unleashed because you can't have the Sonic Unleashed arc without Chip. But uh, you know, like Chip in Sonic Unleashed, I really liked him. Like you know, he was just like trying to. Ha- Trying to have some fun, he's very much like a food-loving food monster over here, but he's still very, he's still kind of cute, and I really liked him. And of course, like just like Sonic Unleashed, it would end with him, you know, confirming to become Light Gaia and stopping Dark Gaia along with Super Sonic to uh, end and save the day. And eventually, this would be 287, this would eventually be the last issue in the original Archie continuity right here. You know, you see the end of Sonic Unleashed, and eventually you would have this... This would be the final moment of the original Freedom Fighters right here. And they broke up into Team Freedom and Team Fighters. Yep. And then after that, uh, you would have like some story arc where it was just like, you know, kind of a recap of like some of the original video games and the last game they did was uh, 
Sonic CD, and they would say like, yeah, we're going to do more, but eventually the cancellation would happen because Archie's just like, you know, we don't really want to continue with the series anymore. We're kind of living off Riverdale money at this point. We don't really need Sonic anymore. We're just kind of... Is this around time when, like, when like they acquired like Tyson Hess? Or was that, down, was that later down the line? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. So I gotta say, he, he has a fine handling of the Sonic property. <laughs> but uh, yeah, at this point, after this, the Archie series would eventually be cancelled. But uh, luckily, since then, since then, we eventually get picked up by IDW, who's done like a lot of different comics with other properties, like Ninja Turtles or My Little Pony or stuff like that. And like a lot of people say, like, and like all those comics are like really good. So once they got Sonic, everyone was just like, yeah, everything's gonna be great now. And we would see like the introduction of uh, new characters here, like uh, Tangle and Whisper, which I'm really enjoying. I really like Tangle because he's kind of like fun loving, kind of you know one of the guys, so to say. You know, you can like. You can kind of like uh, rough house with Sonic and friends and all that, and you have Whisper over here, kind of the mysterious sniper, and she's got. And I'm really curious to see how they do more stuff with Whisper because it's kind of implied that she's kind of had a, a history with Shadow the Hedgehog. It it would imply that kind of Shadow kind of wronged her in the past, so to say. And I'm just like, I really want to see how that does going forward. How how can they do that? Because Shadow doesn't remember anything. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I wonder if this is like more like say after post Shadow the Hedgehog the video game where he's kind of like he's put the past behind him he doesn't really care about the past anymore but uh, I'd be curious to see like how they do that I can't tell you how many hours I've spent just trying to piece together Shadow's story (laughs) I've done the same thing I've only come to one conclusion right now yeah the only thing that the Shadow the Hedgehog game confirmed was that the original Shadow was on the earth yeah that's the only thing that game confirmed so I can only assume that everything after that has been either a clone or an android. Probably. As was confirmed in Sonic Heroes. Yeah, like, yeah. But uh, luckily they kind of moved past that. They don't really do that anymore. But uh, also in addition to, like, uh, new uh, hero characters, we've got some new uh, villain characters, some new grunts. Specifically uh, these two guys, Rough and Tumble, the skunks. And I just, uh, I just really love these guys. They're just a bunch. They're just two goons who kind of like cause trouble for Sonic and friends. And they have like a catchphrase that just basically makes them like Team Rocket over here. <laughs> you know, you look at the scrap, they get ready to crumble. Brace yourselves for rough and tumble. <laughs> and I just love, I just love this panel here where Sonic's is trying to like hold, trying to hold himself from laughing so hard, and Knuckles is just taking this way too seriously. <laughs> But, <laughs> and you can't teach that. <laughs> but they're not the only villains to get introduced, as we have uh, a new sidekick for Dr. Eggman here, Dr. Starline, who is the one who brought Eggman back into the fold, because uh, this whole storyline is that uh, this takes place after Sonic, uh, Sonic Forces, where after Dr. Eggman is defeated, he kind of loses his memory and becomes a character known as... Uh, uh, Mr. Tinker, who thinks like, oh, I'm just like a nice guy who fixes things around in the world, but eventually Dr. Starline gets a hold of him and like basically brings him back into being the classic Dr. Robotnik that we all know and love. But also during, but also during that, we also have the stuff where like Metal Sonic assumes the villain role during this whole arc before Eggman comes back, and it's his uh, neo-metal form from Sonic Heroes, which I think is really cool. That was the best. And also, I love the fact that Metal Sonic talks, too. Like, because he's usually been kind of like the mute character, but here he's like actually talking and having conversations with Sonic. It's also around the time that Breezy developed a crush on that. 
Yeah, like uh, in the original Archie continuity, Breezy was kind of into Neo Metal Sonic a bit. But uh, we'll see if like any of that comes back into comes back into play. But uh, as far as I as far as I know, it has actually. Oh yeah. So yeah, after this, uh, Eggman comes back into the fold and he starts doing this whole th new thing around uh, this issue, which is uh, something that the fans have called uh, metalization, where like he he infuses like any organic uh, material, any organic creature, like whether it be plant or animal or whatnot, with like this uh, goop, and that turns them basically into what Sonic calls zombots, which is like zombie robots, which basically makes them kind of look like the. Uh, Kind of like the metal versions of like uh, the Sonic characters from like uh, Sonic Heroes, you know, where if you in insert a cheat, you can kind of do like a bit of a palette swap sort of thing. That's kind of like what the Zombots are. And uh, most recently, the most recent thing from the newest issue is that Sonic gets infected. So it's kind of, you're kind of wondering like how, how is Sonic going to deal with a potentially becoming a Zombot, so to say. Which I'm really curious to see going forward. Another stuff I'm really curious to see going forward is, of course, the uh, Sonic Annual, which is supposed to be, which is supposed to come out this month, but uh, apparently there was like slight de slight delay. But it's supposed, to, but uh, instead it's going to come out in May. That and, looks like the Sonic Fighters artwork. Yeah, it kind of is, and uh, that's also another thing. Like uh, to go back to Ken Penders, he this is something that he also gave out about on Twitter. You know, complaining saying like, "Oh, this artwork is just super lazy. You're just copying what." you know, other artists have done, and this, that led into people saying, like, dude, you traced over Sonic Chronicles artwork. Why don't you just shut the fuck up, maybe? <laughs> but I'm looking forward to this. Like, it's going to be full of, like, a bunch of different uh, one-shots. You know, there's going to be a one-shot uh, of Whisper and Tangle, which I'm looking forward to. There's also going to be, like, Silver and Blaze getting, like, a different one-shot and, and other stuff like that. So, like, I'm really disappointed that this didn't come out this month, but, hey, you know... One month away, I can, I can, I can wait that long. I really hope that they can actually touch the Sonic 2006 storyline. Yeah. As, as terrible as the game was, I thought they actually had a really good like story basis there. You did, you did have kind of something there, with, at least with like Ableus and Mephiles as like being the main antagonist. I want them to come back so bad. They made. Mephiles made such a great bad guy. Yeah, Mephiles is awesome. I would really love to see them do more with him. That was like a kind of another thing about the original Archie series is that for some reason Sega wouldn't allow them to use Mephiles because I'm pretty sure Ian Flynn would have loved to have used Mephiles as a villain, but instead he was kind of regulated to like a cameo uh, appearance during the uh, the Scourge in Jail arc of Sonic Universe, and that was the only time we've ever we've ever seen him. But uh, yeah, that would be that would be really cool. And another uh, cool thing coming up in the newer comics is that we finally see get to see uh, Cream's introduction into the IDW series. As well as Gemral, which is like a souped-up version of Emerald from Sonic Battle, but uh, this guy was introduced in Sonic Advance Three, so this kind of shows that this uh, whole universe is based more on the video games, and I'm really looking forward to that. Especially considering Gemral showed up in the uh, the reboot series, and he was he was he was pretty fun. <laughs> but other than that, I'm really looking forward to the more of the IDW series. I'm curious to see how it is, and also another thing with IDW is that. Uh, Unlike what happened to me with Archie, I'm not going to fall out of this. I'm going to try to keep going with this series, you know, especially considering that there's a comic shop near where I live. So I have no excuse to, like, keep up with the, the comics. Yeah. Did they start numbering these over again, or did they continue with the current 
they redid the numbers, so like this is a completely new series unrelated to Archie, but they still brought back a lot of the, they brought back Ian Flynn, they brought back a lot of the artists like Tracy Yardley, Jennifer Hernandez, Jonathan Gray, and everyone like that. So, yeah, this is like a whole new continuity set after the events of uh, Sonic Forces. So instead of like, say, the Freedom Fighters, we have like the Resistance, which is like now led by Amy and Knuckles. So yeah, and also I really, and also I really want to say I like I love how they're handling Amy in this. I think she's like the best written she's ever been in ages. Like, cause I feel like they're kind of taking a bit of influence of like they're kind of like looking a bit like how Sally was portrayed, kind of doing like what they would do with Sally for Amy, and also looking at how Amy was kind of portrayed in Sonic Boom, so to say. But uh, I'm really looking forward to the rest of this. I can't wait to see like how this whole thing is, and I'm gonna keep up with it through. Through hell or high water, I'm going to keep up with this IDW series. But other than that, uh, it is 6 o'clock right now. So, yeah, that's this has been a full hour of me talking about Sonic comics. So I guess that's uh, it, unless anyone else has anything they want to bring up. No? A little bit. A little bit, Yeah. Like uh, I could, I didn't really pick up with it during uh, during the, its initial run because it was like kind of a crossover between two different book series, and I can only really keep up with one of them, so it was kind of hard to keep up with the entire series. But uh, from what I've seen of it, it seems pretty good. Like I really like to see how they did with it. No. Nice. Yeah. I do know, like, uh, the second, like, crossover, which was, like, around 275 in the original RG series, seemed pretty cool, because, like, at that point, they were trying to, there was, like, not only doing crossovers between Sonic and Mega Man, but they were crossing over with, like, a bunch of other different Sega products, like, you had Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg, you had Knights, you had, like, even Sonic Boom, even. Billy Hatcher? Yeah, Billy Hatcher, like, there was a point where they went into the Billy Hatcher world. <laughs> that must have been money well spent. Yeah, also that, too. So just like ah, I kind I kind of wish I read that during like its initial run, but hey, like thanks to doing this panel, I kind of uh, I was able to like reread all that old stuff again. Let's not forget about the uh, Sega Sanchiro yeah. cameo in the very start of this. Yeah. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, I love that how they brought him back because like he's a he's a classic like Sega mascot that really needs some more love. But, you know, other than that, like, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing, like, what IEW does. And, like, I'm glad to see, like, Ian Flynn is still, like, writing for these comics. And also, one thing I really want to mention, I know we're going over time, but who cares? There's nothing else here for the another 30 minutes. But uh, I really want to mention how, like, uh, apparently other people have, like, really liked Ian Flynn's writing because he also wrote two episodes of the Sonic Boom cartoon for season two. Probably the only two that were liked. Yeah. But, like, they were really good episodes, like, uh, the episode called uh, Anything You Can Do, I Can Do Worser, and uh, Ogman Out. And the, the funny thing about Ogman Out, which, is fo- which was focused on, like, this, uh, a creature known as a uh, Froglodite, which are, like, underground frog creatures, and, like, uh, the character in particular for that episode, Og, is, like, uh, kind of like a peace-loving, sort of, like, sage, hippie kind of character. And it's kind of reminiscent to, like, uh, you know, the character he wrote during the reboots, like, uh, the sloth, who was, like, the one who helped Sonic, like, control the werehog sort of thing. And Ian Flynn has gotten record saying, like, oh, that was his favorite character to, character to write for. So, you know, fast forward to Sonic Boom, he writes a character basically that same character for a cartoon. <laughs> and, of course, it was great because, like, you know, when it comes to Sonic Boom, it's like, who cares about the, sh- the story? Just, like, do whatever. 
I mean, it's only Sonic Boom. It's only Sonic Boom. Who cares? <laughs> but yeah, other than that, uh, yeah, it's past six o'clock. So yeah, thank you for joining me for this panel. <laughs>